Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brandt Bernard, Cassie Schrader. Is Dave still with us? No, I no. think he hung up. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Well, he's sitting at home now with nothing to do. What are you going to do? <laughs> Poor Dave. We have a, exactly. We have a special guest coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Actually, yesterday I watched a documentary on The Wizard of Oz, and at the very end of the documentary, it was about a 50-minute documentary about The Wizard of Oz and L. Frank Baum and all that great stuff. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting. But at the very, very end, they pointed out that Dark Side of the Moon can be tracked along with the movie, but they say there is no way on earth they could have done that on, uh, done that intentionally. But I don't know. I, I've never done it. Have, have anybody of you? Have any of you ever done that? Run Dark Side of the Moon with the volume down on Wizard of Oz? No, no. Mm -hmm. I've never even heard of that. I, I've heard I of have, it. I've you heard haven't? of it, but I've mm -hmm. never. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. I, I guess it, it matches up wonderfully somehow. I don't know what the deal is. Huh. Is Mark ready to go? Yep. Indeed, Mark Perna, ladies and gentlemen, answering why unleashing pa unleashing passion. Purpose and performance in younger generations. You got a job ahead of you, Mark. Good luck. Boy, don't we. Boy, I tell you, that was fascinating <laughs> what you just said about the Wizard of Oz, though. I tell you, I'm riveted. I, you, you guys caught me right away. <laughs> See, there you go. Did you know that, that if you played Dark Side of the Moon along with the Wizard of Oz, it kind of matches up perfectly? No, I had no idea, but that was fascinating. I'm I clearly going to have to try it now. 
Yeah, I, I've never tried it, but I under, I've, I've heard that for years. That it, there's at some certain point that you have to start it, and then uh, and it might be when she's actually when she gets to Oz is when you start mm, the album. That would make you start sense. It I, when that the would make lion sense. roars. I've heard this. Before. Oh, when the lion roars at the yep at the very beginning. Yep. Oh, really? So you started the, the MGM Lion Roars, uh-huh. then you started, right? That's what I hear. Oh. Really? I did not know that. <laughs> See, Mark, now you and I both have jobs to do today. We have, have to Dark Side oh, of the this, Moon and the Wizard of Oz. This is what education is all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Mark being a wise guy now, I can just tell. Uh, there are six million open jobs in America right now with no one qualified to fill them. Six million. Really? I, I, I want to stop right there, Mark. I just want to hear from you what this is. Six million jobs that are open and no one qualified to fill them. Yeah, it's an extraordinary issue we have here in the United States, and it's called the skills gap is the official name for it. And what it really means is, you know, as we all know, there are millions of people who are out of work in this country. But there are over 6.7 million jobs that are available in high-demand, high-wage industries, and the people who are unemployed can't do the jobs that are open. And so uh, it's grown 19 straight years in a row, and we're not getting our arms around it. And it's in great industries like aerospace and aviation and manufacturing and construction and healthcare and transportation and many others. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm kind of on a stump across this country to close the skills gap by kind of reshaping how we, uh, how we interact with young, uh, the younger generations in this country so that they understand the tremendous opportunities that are available to them. Are these jobs that need a, an education, higher education, or just a skill level that the uh, employer could teach the person? And, and really, it's, it's all across the board, but a lot of the ones that are in the skills gap um, you, I mean, you can have a four-year degree and beyond, but, uh, but not all of them necessarily do you need that. So you're, you're right on. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, employers can, uh, can train, um, you know, this I- into somebody or, you know, perhaps you can pick up a certification or a licensure. It depends on the industry. It depends on the jobs. Uh, for some of them, you need an apprenticeship. For others, you need, you know, other kinds of education. So it really depends. But in this country, we really have to make young people aware of what's possible and then, uh, and then have them understand kind of what are the educational choices in order to be able to, to fulfill those particular needs. You know, it's interesting, Mark. I was just watching a show, Adam Ruins Everything. It's on True TV. They do a nice job with it. But on this information show where Adam Ruins Everything, he, he says absolutely every child who's born now needs to get a college education. They need to get a four-year degree. Otherwise, they'll never get a job. Well, that's a flat-out lie, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a tremendous fan of a four-year degree, but not everybody needs one. In fact, there's a right. lot of people that don't no, need don't. one. Um, you know, and I, so I tell young people all the time, because I do 50 to 60 keynote speeches a year across North America, and I tell audiences mm-hmm. all the time, if what you want to do in life requires a four-year degree, then you need to go get one. You need to invest wisely, go with passion, go with purpose, but make sure that you get it done. Unfortunately, that's not what's happening in America today. Far too many young people are going off to a, to a college education, and they really have no idea why they're going there. They're going because someone yeah. said to go. Yeah. Someone said, you know, just getting a degree in anything is better than not going, and that's the no. flat-out lie. That's I why mean, I went. Uh, a, you yep. know, so there's lots of ways. Yeah, I, well, I did the same thing. I got a four-year degree, and my four-year degree prepared me for nothing I'm doing today. Um, and so it really depends what you want to accomplish. And so, so uh, answering why is really about taking a look in the middle school and high school years about, you know, what kinds of things are you interested in? You don't have to nail down what your career is going to be for the rest of your life, but you do need to have some inkling or some idea of why you're going for additional education or training or whatever it happens to be so that you go with purpose, so that you have a better chance of getting it done and investing wisely. I just, Mark, it scares me because several years ago, President Clinton privatized college tuition loans, which should have never happened. That should have never happened because what happened because of that, uh, with all the research I've done on, I'm not an expert on it, but I've done a lot of research on it. When college tuition loans were privatized, way too many politicians invested in those banks where, that were giving those loans. 
right? So they made a lot of money by doing that. And the problem you have there is all of a sudden it was you absolutely have to have a four-year degree or you're not going to get anywhere. So basically our leaders lied to us so they could make money. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, I, well, of course. I mean, I can't speak to that because I, I have not done the research mm-hmm. that you've done with it. But I will tell you that the college loan debt in this country is – is the next big financial shoe to drop. It currently sits at one yep. point, over $1.4 trillion. It's bigger than credit card debt, not yet bigger than mortgage debt, but it's the second largest chunk of debt in this country, and it's growing, and we're, we're defi- that's not even the horrific stat. The horrific stat is that of that $1.4 trillion, just over 11% of it, or $186 billion, is more than 90 days in default. And you can't go bankrupt Ooh. on student loan debt. And so we're... We're saddling young people with all of this extra debt that they don't necessarily need, again, depending on what they want to do with their lives. Because, um, you know, and here's kind of the fallacy, too, is I talk with a lot of CEOs, I talk with a lot of business and industry folks and business owners, and they tell me that far too many college graduates do not come into the workplace prepared to do anything. They, they, They went to college, they got their degree, but they don't have the professional skills like work ethic and punctuality and leadership and communication and work-life balance and stress management, all those things that are so critical. They don't come prepared to do those things, whereas many times those who, who go a different route are more prepared in the workforce. That is amazing. Now, I love this line from the description of answering why, unleashing passion purpose and performance in younger generations, how can we close the skills gap and help people realize the many other paths to a fulfilling career other than an expensive four-year degree? How can we do that? Well, first we have to recognize that the skills gap, to me, really starts with what I call the awareness gap, is that young people today, their parents, our community members, our community leaders have no idea that this situation we're talking about right now actually even exists because we're so focused on sending everyone through one pathway, which is college, quote, unquote, college. And again, I'm a tremendous fan of that if you know why you're going, Mm -hmm. but far too many don't. And so in order to kind of close the skills gap, we have to close the awareness gap. And so I speak all over the country. I'm going to be in Davenport, Iowa, you know, this week, and I'm presenting at a convention center with 1,500 parents and community leaders to try to change the paradigm so that people understand kind of what's possible, where they can go, and how they can get there more cost-effectively. If, if, I, if I got the time, I got a great example. There's a, a woman that I met. She's 24 years old. She works at uh, John Deere in Davenport Works, which is uh, in Davenport, Iowa. It's a huge mm-hmm. 2.2 yep. million square foot manufacturing facility. I met this young woman. She's very sharp. I said, tell me your story. How did you get here to John Deere? She said, well, she says, I was in high school, I was doing great academically, but I wanted to learn welding. I just, I was fascinated by welding, I wanted to learn it. She learned it, she got all her certifications. She graduated from high school, went to work directly as a welder for John Deere in this production facility. She worked for a year when John Deere said, um, you know, if you want to go and get a bachelor's degree in business, which is what she wanted to do, we'll pay two-thirds of it. They paid two-thirds of her to go to college. She was, making, she was making great money. She, she paid off the rest of her college. Today, she's 24. She's got a bachelor's in business. She has no debt, and she's got all kinds of professional and technical skills. And she's going from hourly worker to a salaried worker, and she's on their fast-track management program. She's 24. She's all set. She's all set and focused. So there are so many kids out there that can find unconventional, more cost-effective ways to get where they want to get to. I think that's a wonderful story right there. And that story needs to get out to a lot more young people. That's a wonderful story. Yeah, it's because young people today are, are way more savvy the way they spend money. And, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of them are already questioning whether they should get to college. You know, some of them buy the, the college line. Others uh, are trying to figure out what's the best course of action for them. But there are lots of ways to get where you need to go. And, uh, and Megan, who, who's a great example of this story, there are millions of Megans out there who have found ways to get where they're going, get the, the education they need, and, and they're young enough to be focused now on, on doing something really extraordinary in their life. I predict that you know, within 10 to 12 years, she's, she's you know, one of top management in that production facility, if not a different one. Yeah, probably very true. Mark, I, I, I should tell you, by the way, that I... Uh, 
I went to high school back in the day. I've, I've, I've been on the KQ Morning Show now for 33 years. I've been in radio for 48, going on 49 years. I dropped out wow. of high school when I was in 10th grade, and the reason for that was it was back in the day when you had to wait for every single student to finish the the assignment. So we would finish and then sit there and sit there and sit there, sometimes for up to two to three days while other people finished the assignment. I said, I can't do this. I'm Great. not going to learn anything. I told my high school counselor at the time, she said, why are you quitting high school? I said, because I need an education. That's why. And I was very serious. She thought I was being a smart ass, but I was very serious. I then went to college for one day and said, this is not going to work for me. All, all they did, and it was a psychology class, and all they did in, in the psychology class is talk about politics. I'm like, nope, can't do that either. Dropped out. I was very, very lucky, and, and you know, the, the career worked out really, really well. But you know what's funny about that, and the reason I tell you this story, there are people in the state of Minnesota that hate my guts when I tell that story. Because it's blowing up their whole idea, uh, maybe making them look bad because, you know, they had to get this education and it didn't work out for them or whatever. That's not why I tell the story. What I'm saying is the same thing you're saying. You need to understand what you want to do. There are great ways to get it done. And this whole idea that you have to get a four-year degree is a flat-out lie. Some people do. Depends on what you want to do, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a fabulous story that you tell, and it's 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 wonderful. I, you know, I was the, you know I was the same way. I you know in my high school and college years, uh, you know I'll I'll come clean immediately. I was in the half of the class that made the top half possible. Um, you know, so I was not the greatest <laughs> okay. student. Yeah, you guys just got that. All right, it took you a moment, it took you a moment, good, but yeah. you finally got that one. It was wonderful. You had to do the math on it. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, so I was not engaged in high school or in college, and, you know, so it's almost amazing to me that I sit here now in my career and I, you know, and I travel North America, you know, speaking and engaging students and working in schools and school systems in order to increase performance because I've been on the other side of this. I know how boring school can be and how to connect yeah. with the younger generations in our homes, in our classrooms, and in our, in our uh, employment organizations. So, so answering why was kind of written to be the, the kind of the owner's manual of the younger generations is like, what, what, how do they think, what makes them tick, and how do you get them to, uh, to go further and, and faster than they, than they could if they didn't understand some of these key things. So, um, that's Mark, do you, you think it's unusual? Because I knew at 14 years old what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in radio at 14 years old. So I guess that's pretty rare to be that young and know what you want to do for a living. Is it really that rare? You know, it's not as rare as you think. There are a lot of young people today in middle school and in early high school that, that, that have a pretty good inkling of what they'd like to do. Uh, there's also on the other side of the coin, people who don't have a clue what they're doing. Right. And part of a paradigm, part of the paradigm we have to change in this country is that we keep telling young people, oh, you know, middle school and high school, you don't have to have your whole life figured out. And I agree with that. You, you don't have to have your whole life mm -hmm. figured out. Right. But far too many young people are putting off at least the exploration of what's possible until their college years. And that's insane because then you're doing career exploration at the most cost, um, uh, costly moment of your life. And if it doesn't work out for you, you carry debt with you, but you don't even get the degree. And the other thing on the right. other side of that is we have far too many young people who are getting a degree in something that you can't get a job in anyway. They're getting a degree right. because they're interested in that field, but there's no jobs available anywhere near that. You know, for instance, there's, there's, a, there's a lawsuit going on in California. I don't know all the details, but there's a, a person who is suing their university because they got a baccalaureate degree, then a master's degree, and they can't do anything with the degree. And, and, it, and the degree is in puppetry. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, Mark, I need to take puppetry. a break. Yeah. Yeah, Can you stay I'm, with I'm us in. for just two two minutes, and we'll come right back, because I want to hear Absolutely. more about this. Mark Pernar, our special guest, answering why, unleashing passion, purpose, and performance in younger generations. Back in just a couple of minutes, more with Mark Perna, Tom Bernard Show. 
a program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Ooh, love this song. So basically, we're telling young people everywhere, come as you are, and what the hell? Don't worry about a thing. We're talking to Mark Perna, answering why unleashing passion, purpose, and performance in younger generations. I, I just uh, read quite a bit, uh, uh, just kind of catching up with a, a lot of things. The why generation, what, what, what are the ages of the why generation? Uh, well, those are actually two generations that I talk about. So it's actually Generation right. Y millennials right. and the generation coming directly behind them, which is Generation Z. Mm-hmm. So Generation Z goes from fetus mm-hmm. all the way to 18 years old. Generation Y millennials go 19 to 39 years old. So when I talk about younger generations and the Y generation, WHY generation, it's actually 39 and younger. And the reason I call them the Y generation is because they need an answer to that question for everything they do. You know what's interesting about that, Mark, is I, you know, like you, you do, I, I travel around, do some speeches myself, and whether it's at conventions or I, last year we were at the Consumer Electronics Show, and we, I was talking a great deal about the fact that the television, what used to be broadcast television, now I'm not talking about, you know, Prime Video and, and Hulu and, you know, all those, uh, Netflix, uh, I find it interesting, and people get very angry with me about this, too. I I say to them, why are you focusing on people under 35 years old for your product? They said, well, because we have to build a follow-up. You know, we have the people we have now, but that next generation that's coming up behind them, um, they're going to have to use our product, so so we're paying a lot of attention to them. And I said, you know, that's what typewriter companies did. You do know that, right? That typewriter companies decided we got to start making them more sleek and modern looking for the younger people. Well, guess what happened to typewriters? Is there such a thing as a typewriter company left anymore? They're not going to use the product. No, I don't think so. They're not. Right. And that's just a fact. Look, radio, they can fool themselves all they want, but television going after the 18 to 49 demo is idiotic because they don't watch television. They watch Hulu, they watch Netflix, they watch Prime Video. They do not watch television other than sports. Radio, same situation. The key demo there is 2554 when it actually should be about 35 to death. Did you know, and I'm sure you know this, Mark, that people 55 plus in America, 55 years old and older, hold $217 trillion in assets, and nobody cares? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's extraordinary. No, I didn't know that. It is. Yeah, I mean, we got to pay attention to, the, to the, the middle of the... No, you have to pay attention to people who have all the money. 
you you serve uh, your consumer. They have the money to, to completely ignore. Because to tell you the truth, in radio and television, man, once you turn 55, a lot of them just couldn't care less if you even existed, which I think is psychotic. A lot of money there. Lots of money yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Well, but but you know, and, and but so here, so here's kind of the the converse too, is that right, you know when right. you look at the younger generations today, they are buying less big homes. Uh, you know, the housing mm-hmm. market is going to go through some gyrations here in the next five, ten, and fifteen years because all these big homes that baby boomers and and some of Generation Xers have purchased and these big huge developments that we have going in across the country. Um, young people are not buying those. They're moving more towards downtown areas, and they're interested in small, modest homes because, frankly, they'd rather either have two homes, one that they could vacation in, or in a second home kind of way, rather travel the world and, and have the experiences that they want to have as opposed to being yeah, locked so. into this big, huge home that they have to live in. So it's going to, be, it's going to have some impact on the other side of this. Yeah, I understand that that renting is is a key for younger people now, too, because they've been told now, I referenced the show Adam Ruins Everything, which is a good show, but it does lean one way politically, which everything does. You talk to anybody about anything, radio, television, newspapers, whatever, somebody's leaning some way politically, and and it really clouds their vision, which is unfortunate. But, um, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing is is quite disturbing in that... uh, uh, a lot of people think that they shouldn't even buy a house at all, that they should just rent. And the number one reason they give is, uh, I don't have to fix anything. If anything breaks, I do not have to pay to have it fixed. So I, know, I understand exactly the kind of thinking you're talking about. Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's the way they look at the world around them in lots of different ways. So again, they're going to find unconventional ways to get the things that they want. In fact, you know, I, I, I call them the Y generation, W-H-Y generation because they need an answer to that question for everything they do, but it goes a step further. You know, when you and I ask, you know, a young person to do something 39 and younger, and they look back at us, you know, they'll many times look back at us and say, well, why should I do it that way? And, uh, and you and I take that as a smart aleck response, as do most people, right. and we give the all-American right. response back, which of course is, because I said so. Well, the aha <laughs> moment that audiences have when I, when I speak across the country is that, they don't mean it as a smart aleck response. Most young people are asking you, why do we do this? Because they're asking, there must be a better way to do this. There must be a way to put this in the cloud. There must be a way to use Google mm-hmm. something. There must be a way to, to create a bigger impact. And yet we cut their knees out from underneath them and give them a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a tough time in trying to expand you know, how they add themselves to any situation. See, most people out there today believe that the younger generations are you know, largely you know, what you hear is largely negatively slanted, like they're lazy, they're entitled, they're this, they're that. Right. I go the other right. way. I think they're the most incredible generations to come down the pike. I think they're extraordinary. They're intelligent. Uh, when they want something in their life, they'll move heaven and earth to get to that want to. But our challenge as parents, educators, and employers is getting them to want something. Once they want something, though, they're in. They're done. They're, they're like pit bulls. Well, you know, I just would like to point out you've ruined my life today because our son, 32, our daughter about to turn 30, Cassie, uh, in that ballpark. You're talking to a lot of Y millennials, and they're going, see, Dad, we told you. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, Andy. Well, <laughs> it's not, it's hey, less about Dad you, and you more about education, like we were talking about. Yeah. I always had a hard yeah. time learning things when they didn't explain why things the way they were. Yeah, you were just being told to, for sake of being told yeah, as opposed exactly. to, you know, well, why is it like this? Give, mm-hmm. You know, give me the reason why. And, and if I know that, then I can act accordingly yeah. and I can try to add what, what, what's, what's best, you know, for me to do. Um, by the way, Tom, I think it's kind of funny. I've got a 30 and a 32-year-old. I've been a full-time single dad for 22 years. And, um, oh. and my kids laugh at me all the time because... You know, one of the things you have to understand about the younger generation is just they, they're, just, they're just different. They just think differently. You know, like my they son, do, Nick, yeah. who's 30 years old, he's, you know, he's, he's very different. And, I, you know, I'm 56 years old, and I write a text message today like I write a letter. You know, there's a, there's a general yeah. salutation. Hi, how are you? You know, there's some, some <laughs> personal thing, like, I hope you're having a yeah. great day. Then there's the yep. body of the, the text, right? And I was like, well, here's what I would like you to do or information I'd like to garner for you. And then there's a close. You know, have a great day. Love, Dad. I get back from him one letter. 
Okay. Or a thumbs up. And it makes me and it makes me laugh because I'm like I'm the busiest guy I know. But he doesn't have yeah. time to put the O in front of the K. <laughs> oh, and that's that me up. The only person that I know that sends me short and little text messages is my, my mother. My mom, yep. Yeah. T- <laughs> T- yeah, it's true. THX all the time. I'm like, W-L-C-M. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trying to be brief. I want to fit in. So that no, drives so- me up the wall. I mean, it absolutely drives me up the wall when he does that. But, you know, I've gotten to the point where it's just like, well, at least at least he said okay in his own way. <laughs> you know, Mark, now that you're kind of part of the family here, because our son and our daughter, my wife is on the show with us as well, maybe Catherine could tell you about the greatest text that she ever sent. Oh, my very first text? Your very first text. We, yes. It's notorious, I will tell you that. Notorious. What do you... I, how it's you, famous. It, all right. Okay, what did you send? Well, I try. I was, uh, sh- my, our daughter was at um, driver's ed class, and I was going to be late picking her up. So I, I didn't know about the um, spell check. <laughs> so, and, and it was like one of those old flip phones, you know, with the teensy-weensy little buttons, and I'm, I'm painstakingly typing it all in. Sorry, honey, I'm going to be late. And okay. it came out. What did it say, Alex? Now, wait a minute. Alex, you if she if she misses a part because you remember exactly what it said, I don't you? I remember exactly what it said. Okay, Catherine, do you know what it said? I rem- I think I remember. Should we have your version or Alex's version? Alex's first? version is okay. perfect. Okay. It said, "I a Como, where are you, Sodab Boxy?" <laughs> <laughs> And she was trying to say, I'm so there you and go. It was, she was trying to say, I'm going to be late. And it was Iacomo, where are you, soda boxy? Yeah. This was back when like, you would type W H, yeah. and it would like if you press space, it would go to where are you because typing yeah. was so difficult. Yeah, she's like, I didn't realize. Yeah. She was like, I was typing, and then I was so far into it that I was like, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just send it. That's just wonderful. <laughs> She'll know. Well, Mark, are there a look lot the of great story you get now? Yeah, I, I was know. like, I think Just my wonderful. mom's having a stroke. I don't know what's going baby's, on. Baby's first text is what yeah. that was. It was I, ridiculous. I remember, le- I remember I left driver's ed to call her and be like, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Mark, are there a lot of people like you out there now? Because are are, are, you're the first person I've ever talked to that, that talks this way. Because everybody do, has fallen for that. Oh, you have to go to college. You have to get at least a four-year degree. And it'd be even better if you got a master's. And my God, if you could get a doctorate, that'd be even better. And it's just not true. Uh, but you're very honest about this. Now, look, you're not saying you should never get a degree or a doctorate or a master's or whatever. That's not what you're saying at all. But it's not for everybody. It's people who go to college for the sake of the degree, not for the sake of what yeah. the degree will let them do. Well, exactly. in my you opinion. Know, it, it, it's, I, I... Sorry. Oh, go ahead, sir. No, go ahead. No, I was, I was simply going to say that, uh, um, you know, I, I don't advocate for any one kind of education over another education. What I try right. to advocate for and where people are so gravitated why the books hit number one in all the categories that it's in and it's become a bestseller and uh, is that people truly understand that, you know, there are lots of ways to get where you're going. Um, you know, I, I was invited to speak at Harvard uh, several years ago, and as part of that speech, I talked about this concept we have in this country that we're trying to make kids college and career ready. Well, why is college in the front part of that? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we be making them career ready? Period. Right. Well, one of those right. ways is one of those ways is one of those ways to make them career ready is through college. Another one is through a two-year associate's degree. Another one is through apprenticeships and advanced certifications and certifications and licensures. And there's all these different ways to get where you want to go. What we should be doing is helping young people to understand the various ways and then letting them pick one based on their unique interests, talents, and abilities, because ultimately they'll be more successful if they've chosen the direction for themselves. That's true. Yep, I think that's very, very true. What a great conversation, Mark. you got to come. So Answering Why is a big uh, number one bestseller. I'm, I'm, that's wonderful because people, the reason I like, look, I, you and I don't know one another. I've gotten to know you a little bit better now. But I love the fact that people are responding to what you're saying because, Seriously, when I talk about the fact that I never finished high school and I went to college for one day, people get mad as hell at me. Why are you telling young people that? 
well, I'm of a different generation, but I didn't follow along. I did. I kind of followed my heart, my own brain. Uh, I, I think the problem I have with that whole message, Mark, is you have to get a college degree is don't rely on what you think. Just follow my lead. Because your brain might be telling you, well, wait, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense to you, it's not the route you should be taking, right? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we really do things backwards in this country. You know, we tell yeah, high we school do. kids to go to college. So they do. And they go to college. And then, you know, I don't know, two years into their career exploration at the most expensive time in their life, they ask themselves, well, all right, what am I majoring in? Then they figure out what they're majoring in. And then a month before they graduate with this degree, they start looking for a job in the field that they studied. And it's only at that moment do they realize, wow, did I pick something that there's any jobs available in it? As opposed to <laughs> doing it yeah. in complete reverse. Yeah. And in high school, doing career exploration, trying to determine, like, what kinds of careers and occupations would I like to have? All right, well, what kind of education do I need in order to get that? And then ultimately, well, what schools have that education as opposed to simply going to the, you know, the best party school that you, you can think of? So there's lots of ways to look at this. But if we reverse the process, we'll get way more kids through to wherever it is they're going with a competitive advantage and with the skills necessary to truly thrive in a, self, in, you know, in a self-reliant and independent kind of way, which has to be the goal anyway. I think so, and I think it's incumbent upon these colleges mm-hmm. to start telling the truth to kids. Like, yeah. maybe this isn't for you. And yeah, they could change their programs up a little yeah. bit, too. Maybe there aren't any jobs in this field. I, I think it's really important that they do that. Well, Mark, yeah, you've been a terrific you... guest. Oh, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, before you take $150,000 to license someone as a master of puppets, you should probably, like, <laughs> make sure you're not just taking their money for no reason. <laughs> That's exactly Otherwise, what we're talking about. Master of Puppets. Yeah, Mark so Perna true. also and you And you've got, yeah. like, you, you, you've got some great education in your area. You guys are in Minneapolis. Yeah. I mean, you know, Century Community College, yep. Inverhills Community College. There is some, and I've been to Minneapolis. I've worked with some of these organizations. They're, they're doing fabulous work. There's lots of ways to get where you need to get to. People just need to be aware of all the opportunities. All right, Mark, come back soon. I want to talk more. It's wonderful. All right. I look forward to it. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mark Perna, ladies and gentlemen, P-E-R-N-A. The book is called Answering Why, Unleashing Passion, Purpose, and Performance in Younger Generations. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. With Kostaki. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. What are you, fishing in the bayou? It's Beck. Yep. Oh, catfish. I love this song. Gotta love Beck. This is a good song. Yeah, you gotta love Beck. You're absolutely right. You gotta love Beck, and you you gotta love Kostaki Economopolis. <laughs> well, and Quick Snap. That's up for debate. Finally, Ooh. a good intro. <laughs> it's up for de- except for when Alex went. It's up for debate. You didn't hear that apparently. <laughs> yeah, didn't right. Hear that part apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I heard that. Uh, I, I got that. Oh, no, no. I even I heard, heard Andy heard of it. quiet tease at the end and Kostaki. <laughs> yeah, he had, the, he had the quiet tees going in, so that's while well, we were running over. So, yeah, you know, we're trying to. We, we got it all covered. Everything is good. Kostaki Economopolis, quick snap. So, Kostaki, I, I will open with this, and then I'm going to sit back and listen to what you think of this whole deal. Um, and all I right. brought up Atlanta again because of you, because of Chris Domino is on the show uh, on Cakey with the Mornings. Um, I watched those games over the weekend. Okay. The Vikings yeah. are nowhere near that good. No. I'm sorry. The, the Falcons and the Vikings are not that good. And that's just, that's why they're, they are where they are. That's the Vikings, why they suck. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. The Vikings are nowhere near as good as New Orleans or Philadelphia or Kansas City or, obviously, eight years in a row, the New England Patriots have gone to the AFC Championship game. That is psychotic. 
Yeah, that hurts my feelings. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, you're right. Those, those <laughs> especially these four teams. These four teams that are left are crazy good. It's the it's the best four yeah, teams in the league are. are the final four. That hasn't always happened. And all four team uh all four home teams won this week. The last great yep. run at home like that. Macaulay Culkin, everybody. You see, that's a joke <laughs> oh, thank one, you. Right there. <laughs> thank you. Home alone. He had a, oh, home alone. He had a good run at home, you see. Uh, yes. And it's official, by the way. Maroon 5 made the Super Bowl before the Detroit Lions, so that's nice. Oh, <laughs> look how sweet. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a lag. Are you guys hearing a lag? I feel like I'm talking to my relatives in Greece in 1979. What's, what's happening? Well, yeah, we don't know. hear a lag. Yeah, that seems to only affect you. You said, Didn't you say something yeah. about that last, uh, last week? It's better than last he week, but ec- it's still like... Mm. Yeah, he had an echo last time. Comedy's yeah, all about that's timing. Right. Well, I'm going <laughs> to sit down, sit here and shut up and listen to you do your job. So what do you think of that? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's cover each game briefly. The Saints held out over the Eagles, a sentence that uh, never needs to be uttered. They're partying in New Orleans tonight. Like, never really need to say that. <laughs> no. The Eagles were up 14 nothing and never scored again. False start, then nothing, which is actually what Philadelphia has done as a city the last 200 years, right? Strong Ooh. start, not so much. Uh, Patriots destroyed the Chargers. Uh, Sunday's game on my phone had a lot in common. A lot of lost Chargers. I'm like, where, where are they? They're not good. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers' offense must have been run by the government. They appeared to be shut down for the week. I don't know. Uh, I, wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have blamed the Chargers for an onside kick in the second quarter. That game got out of hand in a hurry. Can you onside kick the coin toss? Maybe that. They were, they were out of it, man. Uh, oh, God, they After were. the game, Brady said, I know everyone thinks we suck. No, it's the opposite. You're crazy good, and we hate you for it. Please go away now. Enough of you. Oh, enough of him. I'm just happy for the Patriots fans. It's nice to see Boston get a win in sports. You know, it's good. Yeah, because they never win in any sport. No, they never. They've had a tough run, those Boston sports fans. Uh, The Chargers defense was so bad. They're going to be on next season of Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, did you see the promo for this show? What? Oh, my no. goodness. It's it's Anthony Scaramucci and Cato Kalin and Ricky oh. Williams and Joey Lawrence and Tom Green. It's a weird collection of humans. Um, that's why they call it Celebrity Big Brother, because the island of misfit toys was taken. <laughs> <laughs> I like that joke. <laughs> I like that I like that, that joke, too. That's a late addition. I, I enjoy that one. Uh, no, it's a good one. That's Chargers good. fans. Uh, I, I'd like to tell you it's, it gets better, Chargers fans, but as a Falcons fan, I can only say it actually gets worse, except that you get a new stadium where you can't buy chicken on Sundays. So it, it kind of gets weird. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rams beat the Cowboys. Los Angeles is way better than Dallas in football and cities for presidential parades. That's all I'm saying. It's nice here. Oh, that's cold. Uh, was the, was this game the reason Trump went to Texas to declare an emergency? The Cowboys looked like they could use some additional funding. Uh, although uh, the Rams' defense did make a pretty good argument for the effectiveness of a wall. Uh, the Cowboys uh, couldn't get pressure on Goff, uh, but they sure managed to put some pressure on their coach, Jason Garrett. We'll see if he's uh, brought back this year. Um, you think? There was so little pressure by the Cowboys' D. They should have dropped those little airplane oxygen masks. You know, that would have been nice. Um, Very very little pressure. The Cowboys' D was low pressure, and the Rams' D was high pressure. I'm surprised when those two systems met, we didn't have a big thunderstorm or something. Um, Oh, my God. Troy Aikman. (laughs) The timing's killing me. All right, I'm I'm going to keep going. You're fine. Just keep going. Troy Aikman and Tony Romo are the only Cowboys left in the playoffs, and uh, they're the only ones who deserve to be left. Um, the Cowboys were going to eat crow, but uh, C.J. Anderson already ate it. Did you see this guy? What? He's a big boy. No. C.J. Anderson, the uh, backup running back for the Rams, he's, he's, he's big. 
I keep waiting for somebody to step out of C.J. Anderson's body like a costume on The Masked Singer. Like, oh, there's Antonio Brown. He was in there the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a fun fact about C.J. Anderson. He he didn't... uh, he he used to uh, not go by his initials, but then he ate all the other letters in his name. So two twenty five and five eight. So yeah, he's a he is a big boy. What two twenty five and five eight, and not just a guy, an NFL running back. He's huge for an NFL running back. Wait, he's only five. Um, yeah, he's short. Yeah, that's yeah, short. Yeah, he's short, though, right? and uh, that's a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's big. <laughs> Um, this is us returns tomorrow night in case Colts fans aren't, uh, crying enough by then. Um, <laughs> Colts had a tough one. They lost their center like Congress. Am I right? They, they lost their center. Oh, okay. Ew. Sure. One, sure. One of the Colts got flagged for a uh, sexy dance in the ref. How can you get flagged for something you'd love for your wife to do to you? That doesn't seem right. right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Chiefs converted so many fourth downs. They had more last chances than Josh Gordon. I, I think the Chiefs actually converted a couple of fifth downs somehow. But, uh, they, they were good. God, Josh, uh, Josh Gordon, what a disaster. I know. I feel bad for him, but I'm kind of over-rooting for him. Um, right. Adam Vinatieri Adam hit an upright. The last person that old to hit a pole was Stormy Daniels. <laughs> really? <laughs> She's kind of, you know, by the, by the standards of football players and strippers, these are older people in the range. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Vinatieri's beard is whiter than Ted Cruz's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the Cowboys and Colts are both knocked out of the playoffs. F you and the horse you rode it on. There's a joke for you. That's a very <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, t- Tim Tebow got engaged this week. Oh, she's a brave oh, girl. Yeah. That pressure's been building up for 30-something years. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. She should wear a hard hat on the honeymoon, maybe a welder's mask or a tarp or something. Be... Tarp. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> How do we have the balls to call it Miss Universe? The universe, by definition, is infinite. Is there any more egocentric thing than declaring a woman on one planet the most beautiful woman in the universe? Maybe there's a hottie out there with 18 breasts and four vaginas or something. And if there is, Bill Clinton will find her. (laughs) Oh, I like it. He goes out one in the basement. (laughs) I like that. I've already got one. And they're doing that. Good impression. Uh, I probably should have uh, closed on that one. Well, what else? What did what you, what, you hang got, up uh, on him? You, did he just hang up lately? No, he has. He's still there. No, no, I'm still here. Can oh. you hear me? Well, I, I thought you. I thought oh, you. We hung just heard up. a. Oh. <laughs> I dropped the mic and left on the Bill Clinton joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. Um, yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's do one more here. The Jaguars could end up with either Flacco or Foles. Either way, they're going to get an F. Good night, everybody. That's, <laughs> that's Good night. Like, you know, what we're going to do next week is I'm, we're just going to sit and listen, and the people in Studio A can respond because I'm throwing everything off. I can tell. Hmm. Is that it's what it is? Like it, it, it literally reminds me of like calling Greece when I was a boy. There was just enough of a lag that it's like, yep. you know, when I was a kid, and this is how the Greeks are anywhere. They're so aggressive with their talking. They would just both talk at the same time and save money and hang up. You know, it's like, all right, we'll figure it out later. It's a useful skill to have. <laughs> it really is. Let's all right, call Pally, we will talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Go, uh, Go anybody who's not the Patriots. That's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll accept that. That's not a problem at all. Kostaki Economopolis and Quick Snaps, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Yay, Kostaki. Thanks, guys. Coming to, coming to town, I think, in April, he said. Yes.
So that Jude, why are you so? What do you know how to read a clock now? He totally knows when it's time to he podcast and to. when it's almost over. Yeah. Honestly, God, he just came All, up to me and said, "Why are you still talking?" Yeah, it's basically. Like, Shut up. Get well, yes, we do have a mystery caller because we do. Ooh, the system says like self a logo from Lowe's. I don't know what that means. Ooh. Self a logo from Lowe's. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So Who's who our caller? are you, caller? It's me, Joe. <laughs> no, it's Joe. Hey, huh. Joe, seven thousand bucks and seven thousand bucks from Ford. That's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I know, right? Now, how do you think I'm getting my education to go to school for uh, become an electrician? I like. Are, are they, you really uh, doing that? Are they paying for part of it? I know they're paying for all of it. All I got to do is take some online classes to prove I'm not a complete idiot. Well, yeah, see, and there you go. Then when I get my certificate. Uh, I become an apprentice when I get ch- when uh, my numbers up for the list. So that's the way that's to do wonderful. it. Wonderful, that is yeah. the way to do it. That's great, man. You figured it out. What do you you know? Army of reserves. How many, how many years out of high school are you? Three or four? Uh decades maybe. <laughs> Three or four decades. So what's happening, man? How how are things in Louisville? Ah, uh, they're good. I was actually hoping to talk to Kostaki. Um, Melanie and I are going to go see him on Friday down here. Oh, you are? Damn it. Oh, so yeah. Why, why do you think, on sale. Why do you think it is? Is it a telephone thing, Andy, going through this line, then that line, then that back to over? Is that why there's such a delay? Well, that I don't know. It seems to only affect him, so I don't know what's going on there. Well, Tim, Tim Lammers, well, too. Yeah, though. but it his phone is Lammers. always horrible. Yeah. Nice <laughs> well, there's kind of a really delay here nice. too. There is. Yeah. Is there, it an there's echo a, there's a deal or is it phone. a delay? Well, it's a delay. Okay. Well, Tom will say something and I'll say something. He'll talk over me as I'm trying to respond to him. Yeah, that's that's just I, because I, of the VoIP. It's it's a thing that has lag going here and then going to Florida, which also adds lag, and then it has to go back. But there's really the best thing we could do about that would not be very good at all. <laughs> so, no, so never mind. Never mind that. Sure oh, you no. have it. Yeah. Lost. It would my... be it would be you handle the phones from your end, which you don't want to do. No. no. Oh, we we would handle the phones from our end. You'd have to like answer the phones and everything. But yeah. But how could we do we that? We don't Mom have could... a phone. Yeah, we don't have a phone. <laughs> no, it's through the computer. Oh, oh so we could do that. I uh, barely get the calendar up. I'm talking about you yeah. doing it, not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm talking about get you getting well, There he goes, delegating. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm now I'm delegating again. I'm delegating all the work. I dump it off on Catherine. You can do it. Yeah. You'll be perfect at it. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> all right, Joe. Well, so you're, you're becoming... Let me just you're say... You're becoming like... Let me just oh, yeah. say that if it weren't for the if it were not for the Tom Bernard show, I'd have no idea who Kostaki Kamopoulos was. Well, there see? you go. I could see that. Yeah. Make sure to tweet that to Kostaki so he understands. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Well, he knows that'd what be it's nice. really all well, about. He'll he'll know I'm there because I'll be sitting right in front with a Minnesota Vikings hat on. Oh, good. And I'll be the and only one this in the Saturday? place with shorts on. Friday. Uh, that's the. Oh, that's Friday. Okay. Well, we got to get a hold of him and tell him to look for you because that'll be great. Where is he appearing? Uh, it's called the Caravan. The Caravan. Okay. It's like a restaurant. All right. Theater. Oh, oh, that'll be nice. <clears throat> a little dinner theater. A little dinner theater action. A little song. A little dance. Right. Exactly. All right, Joe. We got to hit the road. Thank you very much for calling, sir. And we will stay in touch. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.